Welcome to the Far From Average podcast, where we speak about topics and interview people who are far from average, so you can take your business and take your life to the next level. I have another extremely special guest with us here today. We're going to be talking about business credit, uh, personal credit, how to own a home, and what, 90 days, even yes, with sir. bad credit? Yep, 90 days, even with bad credit, self-employed, or little to no cash. Dang. Yeah, we're going to get into today, guys. We got Vegas Vern, uh, born and raised born out here right. in Vegas. Yes, sir. Yes, Man, sir. so what, what's your full name, Vernon? Vernon Curtis. Oh, okay, mine yeah. is Vernell. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. so we have <laughs> we have pretty similar names. Cool, cool, man. Let me ask you this. Have you ever met someone with a similar name? So uh, my dad, his I'm the fourth. Okay. So outside of them, I met one woman with the name Vernell. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. See, I'm a junior. See, with our names, they're kind of passed down to us. Yeah, yeah, big time. So my name is, like, super important to me. I don't let people play with it. Exactly. Yeah, same that. here, same here. <laughs> you have to be like that because you want your last name to mean something also. Even your first, so right. we have to uh, make sure our names stand for something. Right. Now, obviously, we got a lot to talk about today between homeownership, credit, and uh, business credit. But I want to know, why did you choose these businesses? Why did you choose the financial industry to get in of all businesses you can be involved in? Uh, honestly, I feel like it chose me. I wasn't always in the final, uh, financial industry. Uh-huh. I used to own my own clothing store, so I had a different couple businesses. But one day I ran across someone who told me about revenues and dividends, and it was breaking it down to me. Uh-huh. They told me about real estate. Everyone I was meeting was involved with real estate. And uh, my mother was already involved with real estate. She already owned properties, and I was already involved but didn't know it. She was setting me up to go collect the rent, go check on the tenants, make sure the property was okay. So Ooh. after I got older and I realized, no, real estate is really important. Right. I just dived you know, straight in and focused on it 100%. Yeah, and how long ago was that? Uh, that I got my license. Well, I've been licensed since 2017, but uh-huh. I've been doing the real estate for my mother since about 2009. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How important do you think it was for your mom to show you a different kind of environment and other options? Because there's a lot of parents that just don't show their kids what they can do. What are the other options outside of what they see on the TV? Exactly. I think it's very important because you got to understand, I come from West Las Vegas. I come from the urban area, the inner city. So I understand what you see. I understand. I see the same thing that everyone else see, but instead of focusing on gains and everything like that, my mom showed me a route and I just focused on it. I seen that she was uh, getting in money. She wasn't struggling as much as others. So when I seen that, I just wanted, I just knew that I wanted to do better and be better. So I just focused on that. And it was very important for her to show me that your environment is everything. And what you're exposed to is most likely where you're going to go, you know, where you're going to go in the future. Yeah, for sure. I just uh, appreciate that. And I just appreciate everyone that was around me who told me about real estate Mm -hmm. and try to keep me out the streets and keep me away from uh, the gang life. Even the the OGs in the neighborhood whatnot, they knew that I would be something. They knew I'd be better uh, than others, I, I guess I'll say. So they made sure that, I didn't, you know, go the wrong route. They right. made sure I stayed in sports. They made sure that I stayed in the book. So I just appreciate that look. Why do you think that you ended up going down a different route versus other people? Because those people that are giving you the advice, I'm assuming they didn't go down the same path. What made you so different? Well, I think I just listened. You know, uh, like my father said, you got two ears, one mouth. So use your ears, listen more. So my father, um, he's from Watts, California, so he oh, he that's told still my father is too. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> so you know, you know what that lifestyle is about. Yeah, you know what comes with that. My my uncle came. Uh-huh. He lived with me when he came home from prison. He did twelve years in prison. So he uh-huh. told me what that prison life was about. I had OGs. I had older brothers. I had older cousins that told me what the street life was, 
and I knew not not to go that route. I already know where I would lead to if I went that route. So I just knew where to go. Yeah. Did you try any other businesses before you got or I know you mentioned the clothing brand. Mm-hmm. What made you transition from the clothing brand to finance? Um, the clothing was doing good, but it's more on popularity. Uh-huh. Uh, I did very well in it, but I kind of wanted when COVID happened, you know, the shops closed down and everything. Everything went online. But instead yeah. of transitioning, I had already bought properties. So I was like, uh, I guess I'll just focus more on the real estate. It brought in more money, and uh, I enjoy helping others. Oh, so you already owned pro- property? Yes, yes. At that time? Yep, yep. Oh, okay. So, but uh, I enjoy helping others. So instead of selling the clothes, it was good money, but it wasn't um, it wasn't a passion to it. Uh-huh. You know, it didn't ha- really have a meaning, and I wanted to do something more of a meaning, help others. Yeah. At what age did you buy your first property? 22. Dang. Yeah, 22. At 22, you bought your first property. Take me through how you went about doing that. Okay, so when I went about it, I didn't even know I could buy a property when I first got it. I got a letter in the mail from the bank saying, hey, you qualify for this home. Dang. I, yeah, I contacted my mom, I contacted my pops. They told me, that's like, you qualify for a home. Is it real? Well, now go check it out. And I'm like, man, I ain't got no money for no yeah. home. I'm thinking I got to spend thousands of thousands. You know, you got to be rich to buy a property. So I went to the bank. I checked it out. They um, ran my credit. They told uh-huh. me what I have to pay. And I had the money to pay the down payment. So I did that. And once I did that, I bought that house. It left me with $0. So after like in your bank account? Yeah, like $0 in my bank account. So I owned a property that was worth over a quarter million dollars, but uh-huh. I had $0. So that's what took me down this path of how is people, how is individuals buying all these properties? And you got to have money. You got to have lots of money. They can't just be buying all these properties every month, every year, and not spending money. So I met a mentor. He let me know, like, no, you could get these properties this way. So I educated myself, and I just went down a rabbit hole and got all the knowledge that I needed. And what was the way, what method were you using to where you weren't emptying out your bank account? You were still getting property after property. Use your credit. You could use your credit. See, what we don't realize growing up, no one tell us about credit. No one tell us how important credit is. We just know, like, Get a credit card, stay away, stay away from it. Use it for securities, but yeah, emergency yeah, only. Yeah, emergencies only. But instead of doing that, I built my credit. I remember in middle school, my mother got me a like a student credit card, like she was over me or something. She had to open up the bank account, uh-huh. and I had that credit card for years. So once I got out of high school, I already had good credit. Yes, my mom set me up too. Yeah, see, so I already had good credit, so I really didn't have to work too hard just to maintain it. Uh huh. So once I did that, um. I, I qualified for the house. You qualified for the house. Yeah. How did you leverage it? Did you use any other strategy, like pulling out equity to buy your second property, third property, anything like that? No, see, I didn't know. That's why I say education is important. Education is everything because when I bought my other property, I didn't pull out equity. I didn't know I could, hey, with this equity, I could take this money out and buy another property. So I was working. I'm working my butt off, and I'm making uh-huh. money. I'm trying to buy another property. So that's why I say I like to educate others so they don't do the mistakes I did. You could buy this property, uh-huh. and then once you have this property, you could use that equity and buy another property. You could use that equity and go on this vacation you always wanted to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, that's dope. So how do, I, how do I buy a house in 90 days even if I have bad credit, though? So the, what I do first is, uh, find someone who does have good credit, like your mother, your father, someone who has a good credit, uh, good responsibilities, and tell them to add you as an authorized user. I will have them add me as an authorized user just so I can start start the process of building credit, showing them that um, I have the knowledge and the mm-hmm. responsibility. After I do that, I will give me a couple credit cards, mm-hmm. 
And once I get those credit cards, I will use them only for small uh, purchases. Instead of emergency funds, I will use it for a small purchase, maybe a little monthly bill, Netflix or something like that, Uh and slowly build up my credit until I could reach over 600 plus. Once I reach over that 600 plus, I'm going to go see a lender, and that lender is going to look at all my credit and my funding, um, my income, and they're going to qualify me on that home. But when they qualify me on that home, I'm going to also let them know, hey, are there any first-time homebuyer programs that I may qualify for? Uh-huh. Because a lot of individuals don't know there's programs you could qualify for. You could be a teacher and buy you a quarter-million-dollar house for $1. You could be in the military and buy you a quarter-million-dollar house for $1. Really? Exactly. It's programs. Dang. So And what kind of what kind of requirements or what kind of programs have you seen in the past that people have got approved for? Uh, really, a lot of them is credit-based or um, employment-based. Uh-huh. So depending on your job, if you work in a union, if you're a first responder, anything in that nature, even a teacher, an educator, you, there's programs out there for you. Uh-huh. Even if you work for the city, there's programs out there for you that will um, help you buy your home. They want you to buy a home. They want to help you, and they want to give you this benefit. Dang. So... Get the authorized user added to your credit report, mm-hmm. and then you just want to be at least over a 600. Exactly. At least over 600. Uh-huh. No collections. No der- uh, derogatory marks. So how do we, if I have that, what do I do to take care of that? Well, I do. I, I would say try to find you someone that you trust or who have a good track record of fixing credit. But if you can't do that, you can fix the credit yourself. A lot of people don't know that credit isn't permanent, so you can fix it yourself. What I do is uh, get a copy of my credit report, all uh-huh. three of them. Look over it. Make sure that all the information is correct. A lot of times they might they might have the wrong spelling or the wrong birth date or uh, employment information under your credit. So what I would do is uh-huh. contact those credit bureaus and dispute all that information. Ooh, okay. And when you do that, usually a lot of that um, a lot of that bad credit is attached to those wrong names because that's not you. If your name is spelled V E R N E L L and then they spell it V E R N I L L, that's not you. Right. Legally, that's not you. You can't go somewhere else and get give them uh, that name and that's not you. So a lot of that information will fall off. What what do I say in the disputes when uh when I do send them in? You could actually you could send them in, but what I like to do is just call them on the phone. Call talk, them on the phone. Yeah, talk call uh to call them on the phone, talk to them as a real person, let them know like, hey, I'm looking at my credit report right now and I see that you guys have some misinformation. And I actually want to correct this misinformation because it's affecting me. And this really isn't me. So if you can, can you correct this for me? And they will, they'll walk you through the steps. They'll ask you, well, what's wrong? What do you see wrong? You'll tell them. You'll tell them the correct spelling, the correct information. And as they do that, it takes about 7 to 14 days. Uh-huh. You'll start seeing your credit going up. You'll start seeing the uh-huh. wrong items falling off. Why do you use the, uh, the phone instead of the letters? Because I want fast results. I want fast results, and I want to make sure they get to them. Because sometimes we send letters, if you don't send it by certified mail, they might say they never received it. Right. So I'll rather talk to them on the phone and actually hear what they're looking for and hear the response rather than waiting for the transaction of the mail to go to them and then the mail to come back. Yeah, it takes a while. Uh, exactly. So I just rather have quicker, quicker response. But what you can do uh-huh. is hit them with both. Give them a call and send a letter. Oh, okay. So you might you might get two different people, two different feelings, two different emotions. One person might say, okay, well, I might need this, I might need that. The other person might say, hey, he's right. Let's go ahead and remove all this. Right. So I like to hit them with both methods. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So the business funding is another thing that I definitely want to get into. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about the business funding and how we can go about funding our businesses, like you said, leveraging our credit, because my audience, a lot of them, 
they're in a position like we were when mm-hmm. we were younger. Like they didn't, they didn't necessarily have anything handed to them. Exactly. They, they know that they want to do something bigger. They know that they want to do something uh, better. They just don't know how to go about getting the funds or what business to get in. Mm-hmm. So kind of break down how I can go about getting, let's say I want to get 50,000 and funding to start my business. How would you do it? See, uh, what I'll do is first is figure out what business I want to go into. Uh-huh. I want to figure out what business exactly that I'm interested in that I love. I don't want to just pick a niche and go with it. Find a business that you're going to like, you're going to love, and you're not going to feel like you're working. You're going to feel like you're just doing your hobby. You're doing something you love. Uh-huh. After I do that, I will create an LLC. I will create uh, a, create an actual business, you know, an entity. Uh-huh. Get the actual paperwork for this business. After you do that, um, the next step I would do is find me a business bank. Find me a bank that I trust in my city. You could do a, a community bank or mm-hmm. you could do a regional bank. Find a bank that you like the What's the difference? Well, a community bank is for the people. It's actually um, it, a community bank is for the people and they look out for the people. They're more um, aware of the situation and they actually work for the people of the community. Uh-huh. A bank is federal, you know, federally owned. Yeah, FDIC. A, yeah, FDIC. So, Community banks usually do more for you. They look out for you more, and um, it's less requirements to get into those banks. Okay. Do you have any off the top of your head that somebody that can can join? I've seen people say, join this credit union, and you'll be able to qualify for a $15,000 card if you put this much money in the bank account. Yes, if uh, I would definitely, as far as community banks, it depends on your state. So here in Nevada, we have banks like uh, Clark County Credit Union. Yep, you can go there. One. That's a good bank. But if you want to find one in your state, just you could Google community banks in your state uh-huh. and just go ahead and find that. But a good bank, like you were saying, this bank would do good for me is Navy Federal. Everyone loves Navy Federal as a business. Why? Because Navy Federal, they look out for you. They really, uh, they believe in your dreams. They believe in your your goals, and they have faith in it. So. They understand to fund a business, it takes money. To, right. Even to make your business grow, you got to have money. Right. So they actually understand that, and they a little bit more generous with giving out money to you and your business. Mm. So I would definitely recommend that you get, let's just say, two banks, a local bank, which is a community bank, and I would say Navy Federal. How do you get into Navy Federal? Navy Federal, you need to uh, know someone who might be in the military or who was in the military, and they can let you in. Or if you just know someone who already have Navy Federal, just contact them, ask ask, ask them, can they refer you into the bank? And nine times out of ten, you could get into that bank, even if you know someone that was in the military. You know. Yo, just contact them and say, hey, um, I really want to get into Navy Federal. They have great benefits, but in order to get into this bank, I must know someone or be uh, acquainted to someone that's in the military. So just ask them, can they, you know, give you a referral code or something like yeah, that? Yeah, okay, okay, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Now, we got the business bank account. Yes. What next? After you get the business bank account, you want to get an EIN number. So the EIN number is basically the social for your business. Uh-huh. This is how most entities or most lenders will be able to look up your business and see the track record of your business. Okay. And then after you do that, you just want to make sure that all your transactions are going through that business. You want all transactions going through your business because you don't want to just say you own a business, but you want to show that you have an up-and-coming, running business that's actually making money. So when you go for funding, you contact those banks that, hey, you want to get a credit card or you want to get funding, they can actually look up your business and see that you have a, a working business. So they won't be afraid to lend you that money because they know you will pay back. Right, absolutely. So that's what would be the way I'll go. So. After that, I will go ahead and go ask the banks for credit cards, uh-huh. loans, or anything that you see fit. Yeah. So what's the difference or what are the different requirements 
when you do a personal guarantee on your credit cards and on your business funding and then a uh, non-guarantee? Is there uh, a massive difference in requirements? So a lot of us like to do a non-guarantee, but a personal guarantee really doesn't matter if you have good credit and you have great responsibilities. All this saying that if you don't pay this bill, that this bill will fall into your credit. Uh-huh. But a lot of individuals try to go for the non, uh, non-personal non guarantee just so if their business was to go through hard times, it won't affect their personal credit that they worked so hard to get. Yeah. But I say if you have faith into your business, you have faith into yourself, Go ahead and go for a personal guarantee or non-guarantee. But the goal is always non-guarantee. But don't let personal guarantee scare you away because there's a lot of money in personal guarantees. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. And how do they go about scoring your business? I know it's a lot different than the uh, the scoring model for, for personal. For personal. Yeah, so um, basically for business, they go off your scoring based on how many accounts that you have. So they go off uh, your business, big check systems. They go off of how many um, accounts you have with different um, businesses. So Granger, Quill, different things of that nature. You just want to have multiple business accounts. So you might be shopping. Can you break down what those are too? The Granger and the Quill and all that? Yeah, Granger, Quill is basically a business. um, It's basically a store that allows you to have business credit. You could set an up account with them after you create your business, your LLC, and you have an EIN number. You could get an account with them. And basically, they give you money, and you pay them back. So they might give you a line of $300, uh-huh. and you buy items from their website. So you might need uh, paper for your printer. You might need ink for your printer. You buy that things from them, and you pay them back. And as you pay them back. Like a net 30. A net 30, exactly. A net 30, net 60, net 90. So as you pay those back, your credit score will slowly go up. Uh-huh. And then uh, banks like to see that. They like to see before you came to them that you've been doing business. So that's a great starting point. Yeah, that's a great starting point. So let's say I want to go down the non. I, I got a few guarantees. Mm-hmm. I want to go down the non-guarantee route as well. Is there a process that I should? I know you mentioned a net 30. What's the steps after that? to get actual business credit, getting actual funding for the business. So a lot of people, they don't want to get actual business credit, but it is actual business credit. You got to start there. But after you do there, you could go ahead and get the um, the cards for gas cards. You get those gas cards. After you get those gas cards, like I said, you go to your bank that you opened up your business bank account with, uh-huh. and you just let them know, hey, I'm interested in getting a business credit card. And if you have great business credit, You've been working on it with Granger and Quill, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah. And you have great personal credit. They'll give you a non-guarantee business credit card or line of credit or even a loan. So that's how you'll go from there. But the main goal is to get, I think you're referring to charge cards. It's like American Express charge cards. Yeah, yeah, things like that. Yeah, those are charge cards where you don't have to put your name on it at all. You don't have to personal guarantee. It goes strictly to your business. Uh But with those, what you spend... In that month, you have to pay it all back in that month. Okay. But that is the main goal. They give you a lot more money. But that's once you start building up your track record, you could go for American Express and those larger banks, you get those charge cards. Yeah. So how many how many pro- properties have you bought leveraging your credit? I say I'm working on my fifth property now. Working on your fifth I'm property? working on my fifth property now. I bought my first one uh, when I was 22. I'm trying to get my fifth one this year. Hopefully, we get it before the end of summer. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm currently on over a million dollars worth of real estate. And people think when you say you own a million dollars worth of real estate, you have to be a millionaire. But like I said, if you're smart and you have the knowledge, you can learn how you can get there also. Yeah. So a million dollars in real estate. How old are you now? Uh, 29. I'll be 30 next month. So 29 and you own a million dollars worth of real estate. Yes. What was the process like? Was there any bad deals that you bought? 
Was there any hiccups along the way? Well, what I learned along the way was more from my actual profession, which is I'm a licensed realtor here. Uh-huh. So when I bought my first property, I wasn't a licensed realtor. I had a realtor. And what made me get my license is I found my home. The realtor never showed me the home or anything. Uh-huh. So I found the home. And I realized once the paperwork came in, I seen how much he got from the check. <laughs> and then I realized he didn't help me with the home. But I had to let the uh, people know that I had a realtor. So, you know, I put his name on the list. Uh-huh. So I did learn that. Dang. Mm-hmm. So you, you learned that along the way. So yeah. what made you choose real estate as a, as a profession? Was it that light bulb right there? Yeah, because I was already in it. And if I didn't want to work harder, if I know a lot about real estate and they're saying that real estate breed a lot of millionaires, why not just go full force in? I have family members who own real estate. So I would rather do the deals for them. I know they would rather work for me, so I would rather go ahead and do those deals with them and make it happen. Yeah, for sure. So what is it What is it like being a real estate? Have you had, like, of course you don't have to disclose your income, mm-hmm. but what kind of months have you had? Good months, bad months? Well, yes, real estate is up and down. So you might have a good month uh, for two months. You might have three bad months. It just depends. You really want to, your network is your net worth. So you just want to make sure you communicate with people and let everyone know what do you do yeah. a lot of people might not know what you do you might make a post here and there and you might think everyone see it but just be dedicated and let people know what you do and that will keep your business growing and yeah. growing so uh it's not consistent a lot of people might think every month is a good month but as you know it's like the stock market go up and down you just need to know how to maintain your business maintain your money and make it work yeah and what was your first year like as a real estate agent Luckily, my first year was good. The second year wasn't so good, but my first year was good because I used all my resources. Uh-huh. I used, uh, I contacted my mother, my aunts, you know, my family members. I let them all know, hey, I'm in real estate. They buy property. I have yeah. family members that are real estate agents. So yeah. when I let them know that I'm in real estate, they wanted to help me out. They wanted to make sure I didn't just start at the bottom and it was discouraging. They wanted yeah. to make sure that I was into it and I fell in love. So when I let my uh, sphere of influence know, my circle know what I was doing, uh-huh. the ones who really cared about me and wanted to see me grow, they invested in me. Mm. And when, when that That's happened, huge. that just gave me the motivation to keep going and keep going. I'm like, if family would do this, what would others do? It's a yeah. lot of people in this world. You just got to, you know, push yourself out there. Yeah. How do you generate business for your real estate business now? Uh, like I said, just meeting others other individuals you have social media social media is a great tool so with social media when you run across people you yeah, just that's let, how we met yeah you just let people know what your business is and you let individuals know like you can help them if they ever come across anything so things in that nature different local events community events i love going to community events garage sales even if you're not buying anything mm. just letting them know what you do because most likely if there's a garage sale going on then that person is thinking about moving or they having some type of financial situation. So I just want to let them know I'm here to help. You might not even need to sell your home. You might could just set up a plan with the bank and work your way out of a certain situation. So like I said, I just want to be there to help others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely powerful. What else What else should somebody know about getting into the field of real estate? Because I know it's super competitive. Yes. It, there's a lot of realtors and there's people in and out the business. Like I was, uh, I was a realtor mm-hmm. when I was 18. It just really wasn't right. for me. But how can somebody stay consistent? How long have you been in, involved in real estate? Since or, uh, as a licensed realtor since 2017. So what's keeping you in the game for the past? Was that six years? Yeah, I just say uh, cultivating those relationships, making sure you're staying in contact. A lot of times we might meet someone and we leave it there. 
What I like to do is I meet someone every couple months. I like to just stay in contact, make sure they're doing okay, see if they have any questions or anything I may answer because you nine times out of ten, a lot of people like you know are thinking about real estate. You might see a house you might like. Yeah. You might be on social media scrolling, see a celebrity house you might like. So I just like to stay in contact and let them know I can educate them and just you know reach out, see how their day going. So when it is that time, I'm the first person on their mind. Yeah. So you just. You're planting seeds early. Yes, exactly. Planting seeds and watering them. Just hopefully they grow into a, n- a nice flower. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Man, you definitely gave up a lot of game on this uh, interview. Where can people find your funding and credit company and uh, your real estate practice? Well, yes, you can go to plug2homeownership.com. And what we're going to do is we're going to actually give them a, a special code so they could go ahead and get it. Can you, uh-huh. can you go ahead and put it on the screen? Yeah, I'll put it on the screen, and it'll be in the link below. Go okay, ahead and drop so it. Okay, so we'll go ahead and do that. And then you could just find me on Vegas Vern on all uh, social medias, TikTok, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Go ahead and reach out to me. If you have any questions, I'd love to help you. You don't need to um, be, in a pr- be ready to buy. You might just have a question and want to learn what you need so you can start that process. So reach out to me, and I'll be happy to just put them on the right track. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Man, I really do appreciate it, guys. And this is going to be it for this episode, guys. All the stuff will be down below, and I'll put the code up on the screen as well as down below, as well as all of his links. So you can find him if you guys want help with uh, business funding or whatever it may be, finding a home, or you just want to ask questions about home ownership, investing in real estate. All that stuff will be down below, and I'll see you guys on the next episode. Peace.